Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio production. So Getting kids notice. football. Yes. Yeah, what did oh, I notice? That's happening today, isn't it? Uh, today, I believe, is a football day, a big one. It uh, it makes me think of, it was, uh, I think, God, it must have been like four years ago now. I don't even remember. Um, it was the year that the, the big game was in San Francisco. Uh, and at that time, we lived in the Bay Area and decided that the, uh, the best thing to do that weekend was to leave. Uh, and yes. we got like a, it was like a $30 flight to, you know, it was probably more than that, but like it was a hella cheap flight down to San Diego for the weekend and just like got a hotel downtown and just hung out and it was awesome. Oh, Gesundheit. Wow. Explosions those, of sneezes. Uh, winter allergies kicking up for you. <laughs> kicking up, all that snow is kicking up uh, snow pollen. That's a thing, right? Snow, snow pollen. I mean, it probably is if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you may have noticed that I've, I've got a new uh, lighting scheme going on here today. It feels feels less harsh than uh, the overhead lighting that I've had in the, the less, less washed out. Yeah, going. it's very like, like, I feel like you're about to hack into the mainframe for me. I am. I'm already in. <laughs> I'm already in. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just, there's a, a couple of desk lamps that are over on this side of me. And then, of course, the ridiculously bright uh, monitor that shines and reflects straight to my glasses in front of me. Yeah, naturally. Um, but other than that, like, no overhead lights. So it softens this room a bit because I feel like every time that I'm on a video call in this room, it's just really washed out from the, the like, one overhead fixture. It's like three bright bulbs. That's yeah. Like, you obviously can't see in the frame, but it's right there above my head. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, um, I, I did the thing. I invested in a ring light, 
I've got, mm-hmm. you know, I've mm-hmm. got a lamp over there that that aims in my direction. And then I've got, you know, my my accent purples behind me. Mm. Yes. Um, I did the thing. I don't know. It, it was the former streamer in me that was like, I need a good lighting solution. Yeah. For, I feel for like this. anyone anyone watching our uh, video feed can can tell that you were a streamer just by like yeah the just the aesthetic you have going on. Yeah, it's it's very out here. I'll leave and uh this should be a little more over there. Yeah, it's and a little your ghost in it's the a little obvious. There. Yeah, I've got all my <laughs> you know video game things. You know, the Destiny Cade Six is hanging out behind me. It's a thing. I mean it's whatever. Yeah. I I I invested in it and I'm gonna keep it going. I yeah, you know, I, I appreciate it. Uh speaking of winter pollen, uh as you are aware, the winter weather here is uh, is much more mild than uh, where where you're from and where I'm originally from. Uh, to the point where, like, we had snow yesterday. They were predicting upwards of three inches, and we got the lightest dusting. Uh, and that was probably the second most snow that we've gotten so far this winter. Uh, but <laughs> you can hear Penelope whipping her toy around in the background. She's got this little yeah. like plush dragon. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> Yeah, so the but we are experiencing a, a bit of a cold snap where uh, uh, we are in the low single digits, even like dipping into, uh, or sorry, low double digits, dipping into single and even negative in the next uh, week or so. So that that bitter cold, and uh, our main living space is just the like the, the big open loft space with the giant wall of windows. And so yeah. great for natural light. In fact, that's our only source of natural light because the bedrooms don't have windows. Uh, but also just like a, a huge heat sink in the, the winter time. Oh, no. As yeah. I'm learning. It, it, it's not bad until it gets like really cold. When sure. it's just kind of cold, the house stays fine. It, it's, it's no big deal. But when it gets cold like it is today. Uh, and so I took a chance. I'm like, I wonder like... It's not really gonna like insulate the place, but maybe if I just close the blinds. Yeah, and uh, it turns out, yes, it sucks to lose the natural light, but yes, it actually does make a difference on the oh, on the cold because the the vents are blowing straight at those big windows. So it's yeah. basically just like, how much heat can we transfer to the outdoors? Uh, <laughs> and so closing the blinds just blocks that just enough that like it actually felt probably a good like three to five degrees warmer uh, over the last like two hours. That's awesome. That's that's really great. Um, the big natural light is is fantastic. We uh, you know we have very like standard windows in our house. Like we yeah. don't really have any like big uh, natural light except for our our backyard area is pretty much all windows. So that's pretty mm-hmm. nice. But it doesn't really we don't really get a lot of uh, uh, the cold coming in from it. Even though we don't we don't have curtains or anything on it. Um, but we also have a fireplace that has mm. this cool fan in it. Love so when you heat the fire, it pumps it through all of the vents in the house. So it just heats That's up the whole house. Nice. It's just amazing. Yeah. That it's is just amazing. The coolest thing. I've yeah. had the like the gas fireplaces that just like push the heat out into the room. And like yeah. that's great. My my old condo in, in downtown Syracuse had one of those too. That's amazing. But I've never had one that like actually taps into like the central heating duct and sends it through the house. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, Whoever did that. It's a wonderful uh, thing, I have to say. But we are not here to talk about our houses. We are, uh, in fact, here to talk about a movie. So with that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I am Caleb, the director. 
<laughs> this movie, so this movie was, uh, this is, we're continuing our uh, listener request. And this movie um, was a request. And I had seen this movie before. And I think we even talked about like maybe adding this movie uh, to the schedule at some point, maybe like a few years ago when we did our like Tokyo Gore uh, oh, theme thing. Um, this would have fit then for totally. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember anyway. that conversation happening, but it doesn't surprise me at all or wouldn't surprise me at all because this feels very much like a movie that you would have suggested. <laughs> oh, totally. And I, I remember seeing about this movie uh, before um, and I was, I'm very excited that, uh, we finally got to do it. And this was, uh, uh, Brendan, right? That requested yes. this. Yes, yeah. it was. That's exciting. So, uh, so, uh, Brendan, thank you very much for, for requesting this film. Yeah. Um, we are very excited. We were very excited. We are very excited to talk about it because <laughs> this was a movie, man. <laughs> this, th- there was, I mean, f- so first off, uh, I guess content warning right off the bat this this falls in line with like a Tokyo Gore film. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not really like gory gory. It's very humorous gory. It's not as gory as you know maybe some films you're probably used to like uh, Machine Gun Girl or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is body parts and stabbings and and you know buckets of blood. Um, and there's <laughs> so a little bloody. bit of swearing. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of swearing. I mean, there's a bit of swearing because the the theater or the the movie club is called the Fuck Bombers, <laughs> which is great. Which is I just love it. great. It I makes no it. sense, but it's just fucking great. Um, uh, but uh, the, so the rest of this, is, and that's about it. So so the content warning, and this movie is long. It is uh, just over two hours long. It was um, yes. So uh, um, but you know we watched this movie. I watched this movie on Tubi TV. I, I would assume Caleb did as well. It is yep. also streaming for free on IMDb TV, which is available as a free channel um, on Amazon Prime uh, or as a standalone say. app. I do say <laughs> never gets old, <laughs> but. Uh, this, there is a lot to this movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy how much, like, thinking back on it, like, I, I stopped for a little bit to to do some stuff, but there is, there is a lot to this movie, and, like, but it works. It, like, if this were any other movie and all of these things were happening at the same time, I'd be like, this is too much. Like, <laughs> you could take out one entire <laughs> plot and be fine there Mm -hmm. is not a single plot in this movie you could take out and there's at least four but you cannot take out a single plot in this movie because all of them are necessary to make this movie as great as it is that you know it it surprises me that that's true uh because i i was thinking about that throughout the course of the movie how often we uh talk about like the uh, you have a movie that's you know two hours two and a half hours whatever how like how many parts can you take out and still have a cohesive film, how many of these things feel like, you know, two or three movies jammed together just to, for the sake of making one and like, you know, how unnecessary that is. Uh, and there was a few times that like I started to think that about this movie, but then realized like, no, like this all has to be together to work right. And it's weird. This is a very fucking weird movie, but I got to yes. tell you, I loved it. I oh, <laughs> absolutely I fucking I had a loved blast it. with this movie. Yeah, it, it was just... Yeah, it, it's crazy. So, like, the Koji plotline was the first one right off the bat where I was like, what What does this have to do with anything? But it just fucking worked. It yeah. worked. 
in the movie. And fun <laughs> fact, so Koji is played by uh, by Gen Hoshino, and uh, Gen Hoshino actually has a track at the end of the film called Why Don't You Play in Hell? And it's an huh. absolute banger, and you need to add it to your playlist because it's phenomenal. It is available on uh, iTunes. I would assume it's available other places. It is great. So I'm disappointed that I missed that because what I usually will do uh, since like every fucking streaming service in the world now feels like they have to autoplay something for you as soon as you finish. Like yep. they can't just let you enjoy. Even like even Disney Plus that should fucking know better uh, tries to do it's this. Instantly, yeah. When like there's, you know, every Marvel Cinematic Universe film has something in the post credits or mid credits or whatever. Uh, like every single one of them, uh, even like... Endgame had the like the tribute at the end, but like every streaming service tries to play something for you as soon as it's done, and like there are so many things that like little things that you miss now, even in binge watching a TV show, because it auto skips the credits for you. And so whenever we watch one of these movies, I make it a point to just like skip fifteen or whatever. Like Tubi, I think let's just skip fifteen seconds at a time. So I just keep yeah. doing that to you know get it past the uh, the desire to like autoplay something. Uh, and just keep doing that to see if there's anything at the end. And so a lot of times I miss the credit songs. So to Tubi's credit, this is the only streaming service that I've seen that does this, is uh, Tubi TV actually won't pop up their next thing until there is literally just credits. So if there is a scene in the credits or if there's like a an end credit scene or something, Tubi won't pop up the lower third that says like, watch this next until that last thing is done. It's actually really cool. And I've literally never seen it done in any other streaming service, but I really, really appreciate that Tubi does that. Good to so know. Kudos to them. Yeah. And that's something they've been doing from the get go. So that was, that was really cool. The gecko? From the gecko. <laughs> 15 minutes or more could save you 15. Oh, I'm just a gecko. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just, so uh, I, I, I wish we had time to talk about how absurd that entire campaign has been over the years, but that's not why we're it's like, here. It's like 25 years worth of fucking ge geckos don't even live that long. Where's Ethan? <laughs> I need to fact check that actually. Uh, how long do geckos live? Um, oh, God, yeah. I'm falling. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so we're going to talk about Why Don't You Play in Hell. So uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell uh, was uh, directed by Sion Sono, um, who is uh, a Japanese director, a writer, and a poet. Oh, um, wow. And uh, yeah, um, but uh, one, of, I mean, one of a really, really good movies that he did uh, about 20 years ago now is called Suicide Club, which is just fantastic. It's Yeah, really, really cool movie. It's basically about... Um, this was a common thing. You've seen it a lot. There was a lot of movies about it in, in more of the, um, the horror side of it and, and stuff like that. But it's basically like a bunch of Japanese schoolgirls decide that they're all going to kill themselves together and like jump mm -hmm. off the roof of their thing. This was a very common thing, a lot based off of um, uh, real life uh, situations. Um, also, he did Tokyo uh, Vampire Hotel, uh, which is a pretty awesome. It's actually a series. Um, and that one's pretty cool. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's any other that he's done that are pretty good. Oh, he did Tokyo Tribe, um, uh, which is uh, pretty awesome. I think we didn't do Tokyo. Did we do Tokyo Tribe? We talked about that one for oh, sure. This I don't is the think musical one it. that we wanted to, but it yes. ended up leaving. It is on Prime Video. We have to add it to the thing. Yeah, Tokyo okay. Tribe was like a cool Yakuza film, um, but it's like a musical. 
it's just really fucking dope. Really, really good movie. I watched this movie a, a long time ago. But anyway, so he he was the director of that too. So obviously, obviously he did Why Don't You Play in Hell because that was fantastic. <laughs> Tokyo Tribe was great. I highly recommend it. It's on Prime. Like, yeah. I have this half-formed thought about Yakuza movies and like what that that says about the the cinema culture and how it relates to like say like american like mafia movies and why we have this fascination with uh like organized crime syndicates in our in our entertainment industry um more more learned and studied folks than myself have probably delved into that subject <laughs> right well you know i think it it goes around to like <sighs> Especially Americans, but I mean, obviously this is true of, of a lot of other cultures, but we fucking love a bad guy. Mm, true. We do. Like, heroes are boring. And well, that's what, like, like there we have the exceptions of the Captain Americas, you know, the Iron Mans and stuff like, you know, like the Marvel Universe. But, like, the just tried and true hero is a boring story, but you got a villain, you can do anything. You're not, you have no rules. You have no true. rules. And I don't... Like someone absolutely like fact checked or like add on to this. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how much this applies to the, the Yakuza, uh, but I know like a lot of the like American mafia uh, started out as literally just like people banding together in, in, as a way of like protecting and helping each other. It was uh, a way of like maintaining like culture and family connections in a hostile new environment like you know italian americans when they emigrated here to the, the u.s were not treated well uh were definitely looked on as others uh and so like the american mafia very much i think a lot of that carried over from uh like italy and sicily uh, but here in the states developed around that idea of like we're going to protect each other we're going to look out for our own yeah uh, so i think that there's uh you know a strong uh connection to that kind of family background uh that uh, also speaks to uh, to people. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I I totally believe that, and I know. I mean, you, you know, the yakuza are, are such a great villain. Um, sometimes they're often the the default, like, oh, well, it must be yakuza if it's a <laughs> Japanese person, if it's an any Asian person at all. Like, they don't even have to be Japanese, and they're the bad guy in a movie. It's like, well, they have yakuza ties. And it's like, well, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. like the you. Know, the, right. the default in Western cinema makes uh, you know the Nazis, right? Uh, are yeah. our default villain. Uh, but uh, I mean, in all fairness, not the same thing they, at all. <laughs> they've been the default villain for a really long time, and they're kind of making they're a still comeback the default too. Villain. So they're still default villains. Uh, I yeah. think we should be making more movies about us fighting Nazis yeah. and less about us fighting uh, um, Arab countries because yeah. they're not really. Uh, they don't really I, give a fuck about us, but the Nazis are here right now. I back that. I back that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Nazis. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, we're going to talk about this movie now. So uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell starts off... Th this is another one of those movies that has a time jump, mm -hmm. but it was kind of like a very confusing time jump. There's um, a lot that's confusing it, about this movie. <laughs> there is. Uh, but, but the time jump kind of came out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, it was like, you... you they pose the movie, you start the movie and you're like, I'm not really sure if this is a flashback or if this is like, like what, what story are you trying to tell me? Because you see, first off, you see the fuck bombers and he explains how, you know, um, we, we have, uh, our, our main guy, director Hirata, 
um, mm-hmm. who was like, I'm going to be an amazing, you know, film. I'm the guy that makes, you know, freaky Japanese movies. And the one he's making at the moment is, is, uh, uh about a couple that throws raw eggs at each other. Um, <laughs> as you do, I, I mean, uh, my like girlfriend do, and I've course. gone through four cartons today. Like that's just, you know, young love. Um, and, uh, <laughs> And, uh, it's, it's a very expensive grocery bill. So, uh, but so, so he's just, you know, making, you know, random movies with his friends and it's, it's him and his three friends. Um, and, uh, and as they're doing that, a, a fight breaks out in the alley next to them. So they, they, you know, move their cameras over there. They get in the middle of the fight and the director's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And he's filming all the scenes and, you know, eventually the kids that are fighting are like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, this is awesome. No, keep fighting. You punch him. This is great. Keep going. Yes. And they start punching him. And he's like, he's like, yes, no, keep rolling. Yes. Hit me more. And they were like, what the fuck? So like the one dude that's like in charge, um, uh, what is his name? Satoshi? Uh, Sasaki. Uh, Sasaki. Yes. Yeah, Sasaki. Sasaki. Yep. So Sasaki, uh, ends up joining them, uh, joining the fuck bombers, uh, as like their lead actor guy. And so mm-hmm. then they go off and they make a bunch of movies, you know, and they're just, they're just kids making movies. Now, meanwhile, while all this is happening, we get introduced to uh, a Yakuza clan war. Um, so we have the Ikigami, uh, clan versus the Muto clan. Um, and, uh, Muto is the father of, uh, Mitsuko Muto, who is mm-hmm. a young girl who is featured. Um, actually she's the very first thing we see in the whole movie. She's featured in a, in a toothbrush commercial or a, a toothpaste commercial. It, I mean, how do you even know for sure? Cause she talks about gnashing and grinding your teeth, which is like last I heard was not the uh, ADA recommended uh, way to uh, take care of your, your oral hygiene but I mean I am a little behind on uh, uh, my my dental recommendations <laughs> I, this must be the fifth dentist who was like nah just, just <laughs> gnash them and get frustrated and the four are like yeah no brush your teeth you idiot he's like nah gnashing is fine then let's go let's fly it'll be dope fucking fifth dentist man <laughs> fucking fifth dentist fucking fifth dentist what an asshole um (laughs) i just i i want to picture five dentists like sitting at a row and then the fifth one is just like taking a huge drag of a cigarette and be like fuck brushing drink whiskey assholes eat chocolate the alcohol kills any gum disease yeah that's all you need you'll be fine it's fucking uh, the doc from Battlestar Galactica. Doc Cottle. <laughs> doc Cottle. Doc Cottle would be yeah, a terrible be dentist. <laughs> be a ter- he's a terrible. Do- I mean, like, he's a terrible doctor, but he's also the best doctor. But I think that's only because all of the other doctors are dead. So, like, yeah. he's, he's the best doctor the only that humanity doctor. has. But he is because he is literally the only doctor. <laughs> oh boy by the way uh tune in to second edition one uh our uh, battlestar galactica podcast brand new episodes every tuesday going through the battlestar galactica series one episode at a time that's true in fact uh those of you who are subscribers will have gotten the uh, the bonus episode in your feed recently uh where we did a, a crossover with second edition one uh, and did part two of the feature length episode called razor and so of course if you somehow managed to listen to, to just part two and not part one. You should definitely go back to, to second edition one and, and get all the, the backstory that you missed. 
who are these people? Who's Adama? Who are these people? <laughs> I have no idea what's happening right now. Like, I know these chuckle fucks tend to just like jump all over the place with a movie, but like, what is this even about? What the fuck? It's like I'm. It's like I've joined in the middle of a movie. This is crazy. What am I doing? Um, that's how you all sound to us. That's fine. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we're introduced to to Muto and Ikigami clan. Um, and so, uh, they, they are having this, this, you know, they just keep fighting each other as Yakuza clans, uh, tend to do apparently in the movies. Um, and so, uh, um, uh, the Ikigami clan, Ikigami specifically goes to Muto's house and, uh, goes to basically kill Muto. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, Mrs. Muto, uh, essentially, you know, fends them off and kills a bunch of them. Ikigami uh, uh, ends up staying after he kills all the guards. Muto leaves. Mrs. Muto ends up getting arrested. She turns herself in to protect her husband. Um, And at this time, uh, young uh, Mitsuko, uh, Muto's daughter, comes in after coming home from school or whatever or filming the commercial, and she slides in on a floor full of blood and, and basically slams into Ikigami, to which she was like what the fuck are you doing in my house? You know, she's like nine. And he was like, oh, you know, I was just uh, trying to kill your family. It's like, but don't worry, I didn't kill your mom. And she was like, yeah, my mom is way too tough to be killed by an idiot like you or something. It's great. I think he tries to say like, yeah, you should probably like get out of here and not be in all this blood. And she's like, no, dumbass, you mop it up. <laughs> you mop it up. You're a tough Yakuza guy. You mop it up. And she calls the hospital to, uh, you know, after he's been stabbed and stuff. Just fantastic. Yeah. Um, and we, so we see that Mrs. Muto has been sent to jail. Um, meanwhile, our, our fuck bombers are, um, you know, they're, they're talking about all the films they're making and they go back to this cinema club, um, the, the fantastic Japanese cinema club. And, uh, we, we meet an older gentleman who is the, the projector, uh, uh, runner of this, uh, film place. And he's like, Hey, he's like, you know, Hey, this, this, uh, theater club is probably not going to last much longer. He's like, so here's what you got to do. Like you got to go and make a great movie. Like, you know, I'm leaving this to you and you have to go and make this movie and make the best movie you can possibly make and show it here in this film. Like, that's all I ask of you. And they're like, yeah, we'll do it. And then we, oh yeah. And then there's one other scene. So we see the, uh, uh, the commercial, uh, of, of Mitsuka, um, Mitsuko playing on the TV and a young boy is watching it. And you know, her, uh, his dad, like, you know, is like, Oh, is that your girlfriend? And he was like, "What? No!" And then oh, that's it. Yeah, it just clicked for me. This is where it's. This is it's all connected. For those of oh you watching, God. I'm doing the all connected symbol. And for those of you not watching, hey, we're available on YouTube. Don't forget to like, <laughs> comment, and subscribe, and hit that bell for notifications when new episodes come out. Whatever. Dingling. <laughs> oh, but uh. it is something to to point out though. Uh, um, for those of you that did used to watch on YouTube. Hopefully you found this episode, but we yeah. have moved our channel. All of our episodes are now over on the Night Shift Radio channel. Um, so there is uh, there's a lot of content over on that channel. There's uh, fight jokes about everything. There is never heard of it, and we have got an u- upcoming show uh, that will be exclusive to YouTube. So definitely yes. check that out. Consolidating. We're we're trying to appear professional here. Yeah, like a for real <laughs> company. Um, yeah, so I think, is, is that just about it before we jump? That feels or, right. Yeah, well, I there, feel like there I've, is I've mentioned, got all the major points. 
Uh, when the uh, the young boy is watching the the commercial, it's while there um, there's a news story running about uh, how the commercial is being pulled because of the controversy over the the mother being involved right. in uh, in investigation, and so like that that sets us up where like this was you know young Mitsuko's uh, big break, and now she's being removed from the air, and so that might have some repercussions. It, literally, actually, it's pretty much the plot of the whole movie. And How dare uh, you. weirdly, <laughs> how fucking dare. Um, but yeah, so uh, so that's everything. Oh, and also, so the cops are in on this, and they they are like, hey, we're we're gonna try to bust these these yakuza clans because they keep shooting at it, shooting up each other. So we're gonna figure it out. Um, so so now the film jumps ten years in the future. And it's really weird because a lot of it, it, the whole first half of the film almost feels like a flashback, but the way, I mean, maybe it's like a translation thing, but like the way the, the, the jump happens is it makes you feel like the whole first, you know, bit of the movie was happening right then. And then they jump forward in time. But actually I think the intention is, is that this is all the backstory. And then they're like, now it's today. 10 years from when our story began. Like uh, it kind of, it was hard to tell, but I mean, it really was irrelevant, mm-hmm. but it felt weird. That, I mean, that makes sense to me just based on like Hirata is the, the narrator, even through the, uh, the introduction. So uh, it, it stands to reason that that whole like 10 years ago was, uh, as you said, kind of like flashback, like backstory. Uh, this sets the scene for all of the characters that you need to know about uh, when yeah. we catch back up with them 10 years from now. And like, here's what they're up to now. Yeah. Um, so we are uh, 10 years. Uh, so we're now in the somewhat modern era. Um, we see the Fuck Bombers Club. They are all older um, and uh, they're all played by, you know, older, uh, older people. And uh, except for one of them, except for Hirata, who is uh, still played by um, him. Um, is it? Is it? I I, I thought it was. Uh, no, no. It's there. There's a younger actor that that plays him. Um, oh well. Um, yeah, all of the the characters. Damn. If you go further down in the the cast list, uh, all of the characters have like their younger version. Uh, the main difference, like the adults uh, from the first half, uh, are all played by the yeah. same people, but the kids uh, are all played now by adults because you know a ten year time jump that's fairly significant. For a kid, yeah. I mean, I still yeah, I, mean, I looked roughly like this ten years ago. Well, uh, ish. I don't know. I was what twenty nine, maybe. I mean, Probably between not. seventeen and twenty seven was a pretty major jump for me. No, that was a substantial jump for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So everybody's all grown up now. We've got our new actors, and uh, we see that. Uh, um, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong again. Sasuke. Yeah. Sasaki is now, uh, they're, they're trying to make, uh, and they did this from the beginning, but they're trying to make Sasuke like, uh, Sasaki. It's not, this isn't Naruto. Sasaki. <laughs> Sasuke. Um, uh, yeah. So Sasaki, they're trying to make him be like the next Bruce Lee, which is very weird because they're like, we're going to make the great, uh, the best great Japanese film. And uh, Bruce Lee was 100% Chinese. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. he was born in America. So he was <laughs> a Chinese American. He wasn't even. Uh, I do love. He's not um, even Japanese. Uh, Sasaki was played by uh, Takasakaguchi, uh, mm-hmm. who uh, is, is apparently known for a lot of 
uh, more like samurai type movies. Uh, and that's kind of the, the character that they have him playing in their like pilot, their like trailer movie uh, that they're yeah. using as their kind of proof of concept uh, looks very much like the character that Tuck usually plays in his movies. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and it almost makes me wonder if uh, the writer-director of this film maybe made another movie with him in it, uh, and they just used footage from that. Yeah, was it a, a wolf blood or something like that? Oh, yeah, it was like blood of wolves. Yeah, the blood of wolves. Uh, so so Tak Sakaguchi has actually been in uh, um, two movies that I've seen that are uh, pretty good. One is uh, Mutant Girl Squad. Um <laughs> pretty awesome and the other one is actually a movie called versus which was actually a really really cool action film um and it's uh but it's a sci-fi film where it's like um uh it's it's basically like uh have you ever seen the movie the one with jet lee no it's okay well it's kind of like that but (laughs) but not really but also not (laughs) don't don't try to hide the disappointment in your voice Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I guess Caleb only watches bad movies, so... I mean, since I met you, yeah. The one. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, but the one has Jason Statham in it. Very good movie. Anyways, oh, so... Nice. um Yeah. So... Wait, Jet uh, Li yeah, and so Jason Statham? Jet Li and Jason Statham. Yeah. That's fucking badass. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was pretty good. Yeah, it's also Jet Li fighting other Jet Lees, um, which is also is kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. You, you sold me. Versus um, looks like it might have been uh, Tuck's uh, first film back in, yeah, uh, I, in the year 2000. In the year 2000. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, a good, it's a really good movie. Highly recommend it. Um, I, I watched it way back when. I think I used to own it on DVD. Um, there was that movie and there was another movie called The Returner, which was also really fucking cool. Um, anyways, we're not here to talk about that. Well, we could be. Well, we, we can talk about, we can talk about it. It's our fucking podcast. Yeah. Another great uh, <laughs> Japanese film. Um, but yeah, so you know what actually we're going to do? So we, we've talked about the basis of all the film. We know what's happened. We've got our 10-year time jump. Let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, um, we will actually carry on with the rest of the two hours of this movie because the first nine minutes it's a two hour and nine minute movie is literally just what we explained the rest is the next two hours and now you know the rest of the story (laughs) (laughs) so so that being said if you have not yet subscribed uh to this podcast on your podcast player of choice uh please do so uh super appreciated if you did um, it's, uh, very helpful for us, but it also lets you know when you get brand new episodes, which is every Thursday and Sunday. Um, and if you want that Sunday episode early, you can actually subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash night shift radio. And, uh, you can have that episode up to two to three days early. So definitely check that I out. I also learned recently, and I don't know if other podcasters are like this, but Apple podcasts won't show you bonus content if you're not subscribed. Interesting. So, yeah. We had a, a buddy who, uh, hadn't yet subscribed and came over from second edition one looking for part two and he couldn't find it until he subscribed. At least this was on the, on their iOS app. It was available on the desktop. So again, I think it might vary from player to player, but why would you take that chance? Go ahead and hit subscribe. Don't miss any of the awesome bonus content. It's just, I mean, literally clicking a button. It's not even like complicated. 
Um, but you know, you do you. We're we're here just to supply content. Um, so definitely check that out. And of course, uh, you know, as we've mentioned, we are doing an entire month of listener requests and and probably into the next month a little bit. Um, and if you have a movie that you're like, oh my god, these guys should totally talk about this movie, you can hit us up uh on uh social media at the Nahoit Podcast. That's the N-H-O-I-T podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Tag us in it, tweet us uh, something, and we'll definitely check it out. We've had a couple of them. Uh, one actually just recently was Psycho Goreman, um, which we uh, I definitely want to check out. Uh, apparently, it's phenomenal. Um, it's a really good movie, so I'm very excited to watch. Um, but Caleb, where else could they go to do said thing? Well, of course, we uh, we love to keep you informed of what we're uh, up to uh, in the, the coming months. So uh, if you visit thenahoit.com, you'll see our list of upcoming episodes. Uh, where we have our links to trailers as well as where the movies are streaming if available. And just below that, all you got to do is scroll the tiniest bit. You'll see a contact form uh, where you can shoot us a message and let us know any movies that you want to see us talk about or hear us talk about, depending on your your medium of choice. Uh, or you can also just uh, just say hi. Whatever. We yeah, read them all. Whatever. We'll take those too. Um, yeah. So, all right. We're going to cut to a commercial break and hear about some other great Night Shift Radio shows. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Sarah Sweeney, host of the new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow Latchkey Kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me wherever you get your podcasts. Mindless monsters, once thought human, fill the streets. A corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve. This sounds a little too familiar. Is this real life? Or a video game you can play for fun? Shift Talk to you. Night Shift Radio's newest original production is your LGBTQ centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift And on Twitch at Shift to join the community. For more information about Shift-Alt-Q, visit nightshiftradio.com. I'm Michael Fight, and I'm here with a brand new show called Fight Jokes About Everything. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to bring up a brand new topic, something that's hot on the internet because, because I live on the internet. And we're going to take those silly things, and we're going to joke about them, and we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place. So please join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this brand new Night Shift Radio original. For more information, go to nightshiftradio.com, and of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Hello and welcome back. Ten years later, we Ten continue years. on with the podcast. It's been 80 years. <laughs> oh my God, Psycho it's, Gorman looks fucking ridiculous. Right? I, I just but pulled it's like screenshots. kind of a kid's movie. Is it really? There's a I giant brain with eyeballs. But I mean, that like was also giant. one of the characters in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, like giant, as in like... Small boulder the size of a large boulder, giant. Gotcha. Did you see that same uh, social media cl- or, uh, account just tweeted the other day and it said a large boulder the size of a large boulder? <laughs> 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 
No. I mean, no, if you I have can't not. have fun about yourself, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. Actually, yeah, now that I, I look through this, it, it does look like it's intended to be a kid's movie, but like, I don't know that I would have wanted to watch this as a kid. <laughs> I, uh, I just showed my daughter the movie The Legend, um, the Tom Cruise movie with like the goblins and the fairies and stuff. Yeah. No, so you. Um, you didn't, you weren't a fan? No. Yeah. No. I loved that movie. Um, because it's absolutely batshit insane and I love, uh, like fairy tale things. Um, but the fun thing about that movie is that, and I talked about this is that, um, Tom Cruise refuses to accept that he was ever in that movie. Uh, and he won't acknowledge it at all because it directly, um, uh, goes against, um, uh, the teachings of Scientology. So like he won't acknowledge that he was ever in that movie. Wow. I mean, that's a very on-brand thing for Tom Cruise. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is also from Syracuse, New York. That's also a thing. Is he really? Did yeah. I know that? I might yeah. have known that. Yeah, you knew that. Yeah, he was born in Syracuse. And much like other people in Syracuse, he ended up in a cult. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are back to Why Don't You Play in Hell? I Have Killed Caleb. <laughs> So uh, we are back to why don't you play in hell? So now we're 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 in the modern times, and a whole lot of shit has happened. So we see that the fuck bombers, are, you know, uh, Hirata is still like we're gonna make our movie, and we notice that he is he is going and like going to a prayer wall, and he keeps putting in a note being like, "Dear film god, like I really I want to make the greatest American movie and or the greatest Japanese movie uh, or die trying. That's his mm -hmm. wish. He keeps making it. He's been making it for the last 10 years. So this is, this is his thing. Um, you know, and at this point though, um, Sasaki is, is just enough. Like, you know, he's like, we've been doing this for 10 years and you keep saying that we're going to do this great thing, but like, we have done nothing. We have done nothing. I am done with this. Like we're out. So he, He's like, I'm leaving. They have a fight physical uh, as well. And he leaves and he's like, I'm going actually, to work. Like, I'm done. It's a pretty good fight scene too. No, but it's a really good fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's pretty good. So he's like, like this, I'm going home. So he leaves. He heads off to work, um, you know, and they're like, no, we'll still do it. We'll still do this. Now we're going to cut to uh, the the uh, Yakuza clan and, and specifically we're going to cut to the um, the Muto clan. So the Muto clan, um, has, uh, um, uh, uh, Mitsuko, um, basically roped up. Um, and while this happens, um, the Ikigami clan comes in and they just start gunning up the place. And, uh, you know, of course, Mitsuko takes this opportunity to escape. She escapes. And we learn that, um, Muto, uh, Mitsuko's father and Ikigami both want Mitsuko. So M Muto senior Muto, the, uh, wants her because his wife is about to get out of prison and she still thinks that, uh, Mitsuko is, is an actress and she's, she's in a film and Muto has like hired his friend to like make a movie, but like Mitsuko keeps not showing up. And so they're like, he's like, dude, I, I have to make this movie. Like, you know, your daughter was supposed to be in it, but like I, I bailed for a week. I have to make this movie. And he's like, fine, then fuck you. We'll, we'll make our own movie with Coke and samurai swords with blackjack and hookers 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, important bit of uh, backstory that did happen before the the time jump. Uh, after the attempt on Muto's life, uh, Muto and his uh, like top lieutenants get a hold of the boss of what was then, I believe, the Kashigawa clan. Uh, yes, it was like the the boss who ordered the hit, uh, and uh, they do what I think is a particularly brutal form of torture and force him to dig his own grave before burying him in it. Uh, and Ikigawa, the one who was uh, you know covered in blood and the only one surviving that hit, uh, he comes back and takes over and you know renames it the Ikigama clan, uh, Ikigami, and <clears throat> takes over. And it's his wife or girlfriend or just another woman in the home or something like that who comes in wearing a, a kimono uh, and inspires him to uh bring the his his clan back to like the traditional ways and like tells him to like you know get rid of the the this western foreigner clothes and like wear a kimono and uh you know carry the the katana and everything and it's actually kind of a, a funny scene where like he's just ordering them to to go change and they're just like what he's like go do it now like, now yes now <laughs> yes, and then right you next now. we'll make it a competition like what why are they competing i don't i don't get it <laughs> well he says what uh, he's like and you get rid of the western sunglasses get japanese yeah, wear, sunglasses wear japanese sunglasses <laughs> so, and you your beard is dumb shave it off and your eyebrows too <laughs> yeah it was just but, and the guy does we see him later and he has no hair eyebrows or beard it's just phenomenal and weird i um, love those little things that like pay off. Like there's there's so many things like that, like little jokes or like little uh moments in a film that like that happen and then like are never referenced again. There's no payoff for them. Uh everything in this movie has its payoff moment and everything. It's so- it's am- that's what's so great about this movie. That's what I'm like what we were talking about in the beginning is like there's no thing that I would cut because Every little thing comes back around to be something. Like it, mm-hmm. it comes around to be a thing, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So there's our additional backstory. That's why uh, the Ikigami clan has uh, this guy in charge, and why they're wearing uh, more traditional Japanese garb uh, and so forth. And you know, they're they're holed up in like a, a castle instead of an office building. Uh, all this kind of sets the stage for who the Ikigami clan is. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so now at this point, uh, you know, they've, they've come in and they've gunned up Muto, uh, uh, Mitsuko bounces out, you know, she escapes by jumping through a window, um, and, and running off, which was just great. She just jumps <laughs> through a plate glass window and just da, 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 down the street. So two of the people go after her, um, and she ends up running into, uh, this guy by the name of Koji. And uh, Koji is just, you know, on his on the phone, like he's on a payphone. He's like, yeah, I lost my mobile phone. Like he's talking to his mom. He's like, oh, I lost my mobile phone again. And she comes in and she was like, hey, hey, pretend to be my lover for the day. I have a hundred thousand yen slams down some money on the phone. Like just pretend to be my money here. Put my arm around me. And in today's currency is roughly nine hundred and fifty dollars. So like almost a thousand dollars. That's pretty fucking dope. Yeah. That's easy $950, or so Koji thinks. I'd take it. I would totally take it. Are you kidding me? 950 bucks, man. That's half my mortgage. So, <laughs> um, he, uh, so he was like, uh, okay, you know, and, and she was like, all right, let's go. So they go off. Uh, they end up going to a store. She buys shoes because she jumped out. She wasn't wearing shoes at the time. Oh, um, yeah. And, and he was like, 
uh, like, what is happening? And she was like, nothing, you're coming with me. And he's like, okay, this is weird. And so she ends up kicking down the door of this guy's house, um, who is the guy that sold her out, basically uh, gave up her location when when Muto called um, so that they could come and find her. And, and so she, you know, uh, does this really, I mean, she... Oh, just brutal. Ooh. Yeah. Um, she takes a, a glass container of some sort and smashes it into like several shards and she takes a bunch of them and like, she says, like, the, the, the dub is fantastic because it says, with all of your might, open your mouth. <laughs> yep, that's what, the, that's what it said in Japanese to the or Sorry, the, the, the subtitles, not, not the yep. dub, because this oh, wasn't yeah. dubbed, uh, which I'm, I'm actually glad it wasn't because it works so well with the, the Japanese and the subtitles. Uh, yep. But she places several shards in his mouth and then places one particularly long one in her mouth and gives him a goodbye kiss. Uh, thus shoving so shards of the glass like down in his throat and like one out through his cheek. And uh, I don't know if this kills him, but I feel like in the moment he wished it would. Yeah, no, I, it, it was definitely torture uh, to it, to a degree. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, so at this point, so Koji's with her when, when this happens and she starts singing her, um, her, her <laughs> toothbrush song and he, we have a flashback <laughs> The little kid in the beginning we talked about who was watching the TV commercial that was stammered when someone was like, oh, was that your girlfriend? That was Koji. Ah. So now he was like, you're the you're the toothbrush, girl, the the uh, gnash your teeth girl. And she was like, yes, I am. And he's like, oh, my God. So now at this point, this is the girl that he, you know, he just had a crush on. Um, and so now he will, he, he gives her the money back and he's like, no, like I will do this for free for you. Like I will be your lover for the day for free, you know, because like it's you, like it's you, oh my God, it's you. Um, Mm -hmm. and they have this moment and they actually flash back to this moment, but we'll talk about it now where they're like sitting, uh, you know, sitting like off into the side after, you know, this whole, um, you know, the goodbye kiss thing happened. And, you know, uh, she says to him like, you know, Koji, I've never, you know, I just, uh, you know, I wish that, you know, I had more time and, and, you know, I, uh, um, I wish I had gotten like a real kiss. Like I've never truly been kissed. Um, the, my only kisses have only ever been on screen. Um, and she was like, oh, you know, it sucks. And then Koji's like, Hey, does your mouth still hurt from, you know, the goodbye kiss? And she was like, you're just a really nice person. (laughs) Nah, he's like, just for you. Um, and they don't kiss in that moment though. Right. No. no. No, I didn't I think so. I don't think they do until like much later. Yeah. So uh so now so we know that at this point that Muto's wife is about to get out of jail. So he's very desperate at this point because he has promised uh Mrs. Muto that Mitsuko is going to is is an actress and she's in a movie and that you know when Mrs. Muto comes out, she gets to watch the movie and see that their daughter is so amazing. And so he's like, all right, that's it. And so he finally captures Muto or uh, Mitsuko and Mm -hmm. uh, with Koji. And of course, you know, they're about to kill Koji. And Mitsuko's like, no, 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 he's a director. And they're like, (laughs) oh, yeah. And Koji's like, what, what, what? Uh, Mind you, they've already punched Koji in the face about 12 times now. Just a Um, whole bunch. Poor guy. Just, yeah, just great. So, 
So Koji, uh, you know, at this point, he's like, uh, yeah, totally. And so Muto's like, fine, we're going to go buy a bunch of camera equipment and lights and sound, and we're going to make a movie. Mitsuko's going to be the star. Let's go off and do this. So here's here's what we're going to mm-hmm. do. And Koji's like, uh, and basically he, he goes to the thing. I, I, I don't remember all like the little things about it, but the whole scene where Muto is eating breakfast. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. like. Do you, do you remember like all the little bits of it? Cause it was really fucking cool. And I wish I remembered it. It was just a really great scene and a really great speech. Essentially he, he uses it as an analogy for like, how much is this going to cost me and how much do I need to be involved in this? Uh, so he like, he said, you know, this, this breakfast, this is the breakfast that I get. Uh, and like, this is the language that, that he uses. So forgive it for being crude, but you know, this is the breakfast that I usually have with my whores in the morning. They get it from a, from a, you know, the, the hotel, downstairs and you know it's it's cheap but this is how much i spend on my breakfast now my lunch my lunch i have with my mistress and it's much nicer but then dinner dinner i reserve for the woman i will share my grave with or something to that effect uh and so he goes back to like to wrap it up to say like you know is this movie going to be a breakfast in which case i won't uh, be totally hands off you do what you have to do and That'll be it. If if it's going to be lunch, though, I'm going to need to be a little bit more involved. But if it's dinner, I'm going to have a say in everything because this is an investment for me. So what's it going to be? <laughs> and uh, Koji's like, uh, breakfast. And uh, Muto tosses him like a, a like basically like a half yen piece or something like that. I, I can't remember the, the exact currency, but just tosses him a coin. I'm like, all right, make your movie. And don't fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> or I will kill you, pretty much. I will kill you. Uh. <laughs> if you try to run, I'll kill you. If you can't finish it in time, I'll kill you. Basically, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Spectacular. So so at this point, you know, he's getting everything together and, and Koji's like, uh, and you know, they've got all this really super duper fancy equipment and sound equipment. And they're like, we have all these lights. Which lights should we use? Is it this one or that one? We have these microphones. How far away should they be? Which camera should we use? And he's like, oh. And so he just flips out, and he runs. <laughs> just bolts. <laughs> he just uh, bolts a, out the door. Of course, a couple of the uh, the, the Yakuza goons uh, chase after him uh, until he gets to the, the the prayer box, and like they finally catch him, and like he stops and just starts projectile vomiting everywhere, which is gross but hilarious, hilarious. Uh, all over the prayer box, which then opens and drops out the prayers in it, and he just happens to see uh, Hirata's. Um, prayer of you know you know to the film gods let me make you know the best japanese movie ever or die trying and he's like this is it this is it <laughs> like he has this manic moment of like yes uh and so they they use that to say like you know we we need additional resources essentially we don't we don't see this happen on screen but somehow they convince muto that you know he didn't try to run he was going to find uh, this like source for like the crew that they need or something. So they hunt down and find the fuck bombers. Yeah. And so the fuck bombers have been found, uh, you know, and, and Koji goes in and he was like, listen, you know, you got to make this movie. And Hirata's like, 
okay. And he's like, we have a huge budget. It's a really big deal. We have tons of equipment. He's like, let's go. He's like, but I got to bring my crew. We've got to make a stop. So off they go to this restaurant and they pick up Sasaki, uh, Sasaki, and they... And they were like, he's like, no, I'm not doing it. And they're like, no, Sasaki, you don't understand. Like, this is it, man. Like, this is this is the big one. And he tosses uh, the nunchucks to him and he grabs him. And he, like, kicks over two of the mafia guys. And the, the like, restaurant owner comes out. And he's like, hey, hey, what are you doing? That he's was like, expensive. He's like, I'm sorry, boss. And he throws down his paycheck. He's like, I'm quitting. I promise I'll pay for this. I'm about to go make a movie. And I'll pay this, <laughs> pay for this with that movie. And he goes... Thank you. And then they go, yush. <laughs> and everyone goes, yush. It was just great. The scene is great. It is just brilliant. Every comedically bit of it. perfect. It is comedically flawless. That whole scene. Oh, God. I, what? what a good movie. And Hirata just can't can't believe his his fortune. Like that things are finally coming up uh, on his side. Like yeah, his prayers being answered. <laughs> Everything's coming up Millhouse here. He he gets to make the 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 best movie that he possibly can and you know it's being fully bankrolled he doesn't care by whom uh, you know he's he's a little concerned that there's not really time to to write the perfect script but he's you know what fuck it we we don't have time we're going to do this uh and the you know they gets to meet the the yakuza crew uh on camera on sound on lights who are all very excited to to do their job even to the point where they're they're willing to die for it he's like you know what Sometimes dying is good. We can do this. <laughs> and the, like, you know, there's one thing though. We have to we have to convince the um, the Ikigami clan to be in on this. Otherwise, it's just going to go all wrong. And so he and uh, Mitsuko and Koji go to the the Ikigami clan castle and like tell them like we're we're filming this this ultimate movie. You know the you know, I, I can't remember if they actually tell them that Muto is coming to raid them, uh, which oh, is yeah. what like Muto's plan is for the movie is to they're they're going to raid them anyway. They, they, why, don't, why don't we just make it into a movie, uh, which is fucking brilliant. I mean, uh, horrifying, yes, but brilliant. but brilliant, yeah. And that's and Nikigami is even like, well, it was going to happen anyways, and he's like, okay, but here's the thing: everybody has to use katanas, no guns, and he was like. Which, Okay, you know, of course, Ikigami's like, hell yeah, dude, like, let's do this. Um, but the other thing about Ikigami, too, that um, uh, we we have learned over this time is that he has become obsessed with Matsuko. Absolutely obsessed. Like, obsessed. Like, he he has tons of photos of her. He has a huge, like, gigantic poster size, like, wall size poster of her. And it's basically ever since that moment he saw her as a little girl, which, first off, fucking creepy. Um, yeah. just a little illegal. Um, he, he has just been a hundred percent obsessed. Like he was just like, Oh my God. Like I, I love her. I love her. This is amazing. Um, I will say that it's, um, it's done from the point of an admiration, like an, like an idolization and not, yeah. it, it doesn't come off as a sexual way. It definitely comes off as an idolization. Um, uh, but it's still weird it's, because she's a kid. It's toe in the line of creepy. And he's an adult. Um, and there, there's a moment, uh, where, uh, Muto is in the prison visiting his wife and he, you know, talks about how like, uh, Masuko's grown up to be, you know, a, a wonderful actor and, you know, she's beautiful and like you, my dear, sexy. And I'm like, mm, Muto, yeah. like, 
dial it back a little. That's that's, that's your kid, man. Yeah, I know this is like a cultural <laughs> Some, thing, but there's there's a, there's a little bit of that. It 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 never goes full on creeper mode, but yeah. there's a little bit of like just like walking up to the line and just kind of like poking at it a little. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for those of you that consume, um, you know, things like anime or stuff like that, like this is very tame compared to some of the things you've probably seen in, in a lot of these things. So, so there is that. Um, so the big day is, is about to be here. He's convinced the Muto clan to use, uh, all swords. He's convinced Ikigami to use all swords. They're all going to get together. And as they ride back, Caleb, one of the most amazing lines, uh, happens. <laughs> They're in the car. <laughs> Yeah, one of the uh, the the Muto uh, clan henchmen uh, pulls out like a lunchbox, and he's like, <laughs> "I brought cocaine too, just in case." And like goes to hand them? it to to Koji, who's like, "I don't, I don't want these." He's like, "No, no, cocaine is important." <laughs> Koji's just like, "What do I do with this? What do I do with this cocaine?" <laughs> oh, so it's great! A fucking box full of cocaine. Ah, phenomenal. So, so we're at our big scene. So all the cameras and stuff are being set up. Um, you know, everyone's ready. They have, it's just, uh, the premise of this whole scene is just phenomenal to me. It's, it is, it's, oh, it's just so good. Like, it's just such a clever and such a good scenario. So, you know, everybody's prepped. They're on their, you know, the wall with the, you know, they're on each other's side and he's like, okay is everybody ready? And they're all lined up and they're like, all right, action. And off they go into their big battle. And they're like, you know, fight, 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 fight. And then <laughs> this is also great halfway through. Now, mind you, these people are really killing each other because this yes. is a legit Yakuza clan battle at this, <laughs> at this thing. Like this is an all out war between uh -huh. these two Yakuza tribes. Uh -huh. And one of them trips the lights and he's like, wait, cut, 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 cut. And he reattaches the light. He's like, okay, maybe we should start over. And they're like covered in blood and people are like missing arms and dead. And he was like, no, 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 we already got the hallway scene. Let's just, everybody raise your swords up. Yeah, look really mean. Okay, and do it in action. <laughs> just go off again. It's so just good. Great. There's uh, a, a, a couple of overhead scenes, like overhead shots where like, it's literally just body parts flying everywhere, <laughs> like heads and legs and arms just like, being tossed up like a fucking salad. <laughs> oh, and it's great. And like uh Sasaki is there with in his Bruce Lee yellow jumpsuit, his game of death yep. jumpsuit with his nunchucks, and he's just going around killing everyone. They're like, Yeah, Sasaki. It's just it's amazing. So Masuko's there, Koji's there. So Koji, you know, finally they're like, No, you just go play the love interest. Here's a sword. Go with Matsuko. So Matsuko's there. Of course, she's slicing through people like crazy. We have mm -hmm. Ikigami who's slicing through people. We have Muto who is slicing through people. And at one point, uh, Muto and Ikigami end up side by side. And they're about to battle, but they see Matsuko like just slicing through people. And they both stop to admire her. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, wow. And he was like, you know, and Ikigami says like, yeah, we're, you know, we'll probably disband after this, like, you know, pr pretty much admitting defeat. Um, and, you know, he, he turns to, uh, uh, to Muto and was like, um, you know, uh, listen, the only thing I want is for your daughter to kill me. And as he's saying that one of Ikigami's clan members cuts off Muto's head. <laughs> and he's, so as the head goes flying, Ikigami goes, 
uh, the only thing I want is for your daughter to kill me. <laughs> he like repeats it and Muto's hands go up and do a peace symbol. Like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, and it's just <laughs> great. So, so Muto's dead, I guess. So off he goes and Ikigami goes off and finds the sound guy and is like, Hey, can you hear where Matsuko is? I'm going after her. And then mind you, the sound guy is Muto's guy. Like he's, he's part mm-hmm. of the Muto clan. And so he pulls a gun on him and boom and shoots him and says, that's for uh, Kagagawa or whatever. And he's like, uh, and so he steps off and then somebody else is like, was that a gun? Was that a gun? And so off they go to start, you know, firing off guns. Now, at the same time, uh, Koji is going after Matsuko and ends up getting his hand cut off. <laughs> and he was like, no, Matsuko runs after him. Mind you, he's already high on coke. I missed that one, yeah. too. So <laughs> much happens in this scene. He trips oh and falls God. like face first into the coke and just like inhales a shit ton. Uh, and then at this point, like he stops and realizes like, Oh my God, the cocaine is kicking in. And he sees, like, like we see from his perspective, Masuko is slicing up dudes, but they're like bleeding out rainbows. <laughs> yeah, it's it like is. a cartoon. <laughs> oh my God, it's <laughs> phenomenal. So Matsuko runs to his aid. And uh, while that happens, uh, he was like, No, I think I'll be fine. He ends up getting a sword through the top of the oh head. My God. And <laughs> he just, you know, stumbles off and she's like, Ah. So she goes off and starts, you know, slicing up people. The gunshot goes off and everyone's like, guns ah so they all start pulling off guns but this is where the great craziest part happens so at this point the fuck bombers who have been basically filming everything they uh-huh. pick up guns and they start <laughs> filming them gunning down people and it, <laughs> like the the one who does all the panning shots all the motion shots is on the rails and has a machine gun and just like across the room and the one who usually does the like the close up handheld shots also has like an Uzi or something like that and is just running around spraying the room <laughs> just mowing down everybody oh, it's just great and uh and of course so the two camera people they end up getting shot up and dying um and just then the cops bust in and uh they they shoot up the fuck bombers uh, eventually they start you know shooting through the place they kill Ikigama um, they kill Mitsuko, um, you know, and they get through and they find the fuck bombers who has left. It's just Hirata. Um, oh, I think it's like Hirata, Matsuko, um, Sasaki, mm-hmm. and maybe one other person. And I think it's cops- a couple of the like the, the crew members, like the lighting guys oh, and stuff right, like right. that, like one of the boom operators. And they're like, we're just trying to make a movie. And the cops just just shoot them all to death. And so finally, so it's the end of the movie now. And and Hirata gets up and he's like, ah, you know, there's just chaos happening. And he just goes around. And he starts collecting all of the film and the sound. He's like, we did it. We did it. And he's running away. Mind you, he has bullet holes all in him and he runs away. And uh, in the end, we get to see um, the film being sh- uh, filmed at that uh, at that film club. We see the old guy running the projector. All of the uh, people, uh, the actors get up in the end. And of course, uh, Muto has like a thing around his neck to hold his head on. Everyone else is bandaged up. You know, uh, um, uh, Koji has like a bandage on his head and a bandage on his arm. And um, But the wife is there. Mrs. Muto's there and she gets to see her daughter in a film and that's the end of our movie the only thing that i wasn't sure about was that particular scene because it, it flashes to that while he's still running uh, maniacally down the street uh with the film canisters and everything 
uh, if that was intended to be like, look, this all wraps up and it was really only a movie to be, you know, to begin with, or if that was just like a weird, like fever dream that he was having as he's, you know, bleeding out in the streets. So I think it's a fever dream because he has one of those, he has it a couple of times before. So mm-hmm. he has it um, when he's like writing the script, we see him go to the other clan and talk to them and like set up and the thing come in before it ever happens. And then there's another scene with him like writing the script and everyone agreeing mm-hmm. and they're on a beach mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, Training so montage. Yeah, so I think it's like a fever dream, but open for discussion. Yes. Um, so you let us know, listeners, it, was it a fever dream or did it actually happen? Uh, so should you watch this movie? Yeah, this was yeah. so freaking fun. It was an absolute blast to watch. It was an absolute joy. Um, fantastic, fantastic Tokyo Gore film. I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Yeah, same. I... I was a little skeptical, just like the, these movies usually uh, to me are like, are, they're fun, but they're a little unsettling and I'm usually hesitant to say like, I recommend it, but this one was so much fun and so like well executed, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, <laughs> again, like we, we've talked about like how all of the pieces fit together so well uh, and like the, nothing, nothing feels wasted in it. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, if, if you definitely. if you don't mind blood and gore, and then yes, do watch it. Or yeah, so uh, so definitely check it out again. You can watch it on either Tubi TV or IMDb TV. Uh, and again, thank you, Brendan, for uh, recommending this movie. We, uh, yeah. we thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you very much. Um, and uh, and yeah, so next week we're continuing on with this. I think we're zombie tidal wave next week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, then. So Zombie <laughs> Tidal Wave uh, is next week, and this is another one of those uh, sci-fi uh, originals, and I think Tara Reed's in this one, if I'm not um, mistaken. Or, th- or it's also the dude from um, Sharknado. It's the, it's the director of all the Sharknado movies. So is it an um, Asylum film? It is not an Asylum film. Interesting. Uh, I actually I looked into that, uh, and that surprised me. Like they, There was a movie that they passed on. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe he didn't pitch it. Like, we don't know the story to it, but like, I like to think that this movie is potentially so bad that even the asylum was like, yeah, we don't want the, our name associated yeah, we, with this. We don't want that. <laughs> They're like, uh, it does not appear that Tara Reed is in this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. All I right. mean, the, there is the, the, the connection to the asylum movies, but it is not one. Um, uh, but that also being said, so this coming, uh, Friday, well, this past Friday, actually, um, because happy Valentine's day, by the way, um, yeah, today's Valentine's day for those listening. Uh, but this past Friday, uh, we actually dropped another super special crossover episode this time, uh, at least three, uh, three to four of our shows. So the super pot hero cast did the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm, um, and then, uh, over on fight jokes about everything, uh, I did, um, the cultural impact of movies like, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And nice. then over on left of the dial. Yeah. We, uh, we talk about the soundtrack to Scott Pilgrim versus the world, uh, and some, uh, some fun facts about it. And, yeah. uh, there's, there's, uh, one more possible, we don't, we don't want to spoil it yet, uh, um, but if it gets released, uh, you'll be able to check that out if you're a Patreon subscriber. Uh, so one more possible bonus episode in this crossover event. Uh, and we're having a lot of fun doing these. So uh, you keep your uh, eyes and ears open for, for more stuff like this. 
Awesome. All right, guys, thanks a lot for joining us, and we will see you next time. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.